0: This show may contain naughty language and explicit content, you have been warned.
1: Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast, bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. Stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer, episode 55, it's me, Russ the Face I'm joined by Les, has a best in show painting dagger from South Coast, Martin, and Byron also has a best in show painting dagger from South Coast, Ord, and Terry has a glass butt plug from South Coast, Pike. Woo! <laughs> 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 uh i'm just gonna buy myself one so i can be in the dagger crew as well i thought
0: you meant a uh, butt plug
1: you, you two buy butt plugs and hey buy a, da-
0: a dagger and that's
1: all kinds of fun
0: i'm not sure which club wins there we'll find out i guess the, the butt
1: plug <laughs> club that doesn't doesn't sound like fun <laughs> all you need to be a member is a glass butt plug and a dagger it sounds pretty hardcore i don't think i'd fit in <laughs> today's show
0: is about slanesh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, today's show is actually going to be about the South Coast Grand Tournament. Um, we're going to talk about the South Coast, because uh, two of you played. Uh, I obviously organised it, Byron wasn't there, but he's seen stuff and can talk and ask questions. Um, and we'll probably do a little bit, before we get into that, we'll do a little bit of a roundup about about um, some news um, and a little bit of what we've been up to, and then we'll crack straight in. Um, we're not going to do a blow-for-blow blow account, but we're going to talk about some of the games and some of the painting armies and um, the experience of the day. Um, so that's going to be today's show. Oh. So, first things first, um, news. Uh, well, if you've been living under a rock, maybe you haven't seen, but there's been quite a lot of um, a lot of stuff coming out about Age of Sigma 2? Is that the oh. official name? I think, I think it is.
2: is. I think they're just calling it the new edition, aren't they, on,
1: yeah. on
2: the community site? It's not no. being called, AOS 2? I don't know.
1: Well, new edition. That's pretty exciting, right? Yeah. So, pretty excited to see um, the reactions when all the stuff starts hitting. They've been releasing little sneak peeks on the community site um we're not going to talk about those because it's a bit dangerous for me and lesbian and the playtest team <laughs> that we
0: get a lot of trouble we might something we something
1: might let something might slip and get into an awful lot of trouble
0: so it um, looks like stuff should be coming quite soon. like the amount of stuff that's being released it seems to be landing pretty thick and fast and it's not like they're giving out little tidbits it's like big news about big changes in mm-hmm. rules so it feels like stuff should be pretty close
1: well, they've, they've announced this. the date, haven't they? They said new edition coming June. That's what it says on okay. the website. Amazing. Expanded narrative, refined gameplay, and cinematic sorcery. And there's a porcupine skull thing on there, um, which that, is cool. is it that purple thing. It is a purple porcupine skull. That's not the official War Scroll name. Before people start quoting me, <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's dangerous us talking about it. So um, we're gonna we're gonna do some content obviously, um, when stuff starts dropping. So we're going to do some little mini-shows to talk through about a few things, and obviously there'll be a full um, new edition show, um, which we'll record um, and have that ready to go out. So hopefully we can release content as all this stuff hits. There's going to be an awful lot coming out thick and fast um from what it looks like from the sneak previews. So um we'll try our best to cover it and give you the lowdown. Um big changes, big changes coming. Um I think there was a little bit of a sneaky peek about summoning, wasn't there? Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah well,
1: the, That the, that's the all the we're gonna say.
2: Of, the yeah. title <laughs> of the post said summoning is summoning is free,
1: but it doesn't really say much else. It's just no. it's free. I mean it does link to a article um and in that article, they talk about uh, sort of summoning um, on the community site, which you can go read for yourself. Uh, but basically, one thing it does say now if you've got Maggot King of Nurgle or Legions in the Gash, you'll have played rules like this already. Um, so they're basically saying rather than summoning units through spells, every army that could summon units has a unique resource. So there you go, watch this space. Um, so there'll be some exciting exciting things coming out from that I think that's going to make a huge difference to the game Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see where where the kind of meta lands when this hits Um, big changes and it's kind of felt a little bit like when we were doing all the playtests it's felt a little bit too much to kind of get it right if that makes sense Um, so hopefully I think we're in a good place so hopefully when it all comes people will just get behind it and really enjoy it and um, we won't see like rage quitters like we did between 7th and 8th and so on and so forth. So, Go and burn um, some armies in the garden. <laughs> has Terry got his lighter fuel ready?
0: <laughs> Does like... that mean that Terry's going to be able to sacrifice his uh, South Coast trophy in order to cast Lanesh spells but he just has to push it further up if they're powerful? <laughs> I'm not playing it's... those rules. <laughs> that's, that's definitely it. That definitely
1: sounds like a narrative play game I don't want to be part of. <laughs> it's all about the story but I don't want to be part of that story I don't want to know what the beginning middle end is about or the cliffhanger
3: Terry could tell a, a wonderful story of a, a young Spanish warlord trying to find his way in a world full of butt plugs and lube. I can't say what I'm
0: thinking about. It's really funny.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. Let's keep it. Try and keep it family friendly. Oh wait, that's too late. For I time. think we've already that ship a sail. <laughs> it's fine. We've got a disclaimer. It's fine. Um, sure. So, Major Sync Mod <laughs> Two, basically, loads of cool stuff coming. Um, <laughs> And um, we will be doing a lot of content, obviously, because that would be silly not to. Um, South Coast GT um, just kind of happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit of detail in a minute. There's been a couple of events running. Um, we're not going to go, there's been a lot of chatter online about one event. We're not going to talk about it on this show because there's no point we weren't there. Um, so um, I found it really weird. I, I I kind of like kept getting like, suggested videos about it and um, people yeah. who don't even like live in this country and didn't go given their like 25 minute clickbait YouTube videos I, about about the controversy
3: and it's like come on guys, you know I think it's, it's, everyone's that. entitled to their opinion and everyone's entitled to it sort of voice their opinion but at the same time I, I think if you haven't experienced it first hand then you've only got a very sort of uh, one-sided view of what the, the event was all about and stuff so you know everyone's entitled to make you know their snap judgments and stuff i'm sure like we we all have uh over times but yeah I, I kind of haven't watched any of the the sort of like you know the comments from people on the other side the pond and stuff because more, over- more from
1: an interest point of view really um because i mean it kind of it kind of hit homes when you when you become an event organizer and you put yourselves out there you, you open yourselves up to this kind of stuff you know and it's um it, well, it's just interesting. It's interesting for me to as being like the organiser of the South Coast and the face hammer. Yeah. yeah. Um just say, yeah, just how big an impression you can leave on people and how important it is to make sure that you you deliver. Um after being over to AdeptiCon and even though you know, there's there's little things that people I mean that I know Alex who runs Adepticon really cares about that event. It's very. He, he takes a. It really, really close to his heart to try and make it as good as possible, and I think he does a great job. Um, and I think you know it, it's it's tough when you're the focus. You know you're you've put you've done something. You're the focus of attention, and it doesn't take a lot to. Um, and some things might even be outside your control. I mean, even like the likes of Ben Curry took a massive risk running Blood and Glory at the Roundhouse this year, like well last year. Um, yeah. Tickets for that are on sale, by the way. So please support and and go to that because that was great last time. Mainly because of Chiquitos, which has got enough to do yeah, with Blood and Glory, a,
3: but a great, great. <laughs> <start in> there. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this year. I think, like to be honest, out of all of the events that we've got coming up and stuff, I think like you know you've got Blood and Glory and Eggs are like really high upon my my list of what I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, of course, Element Games Grand Slam that should be great as well, and Blackout as well in. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Which Chris Tomlin obviously is running um, at Firestorm Games, and it's probably going to be one of the first events I imagine to use the new um, the new rules. So, is it that August? Isn't it? it? Fourth of, it's early August, first weekend of August, yeah. I think. So, yeah, I think that so. be. Has he still got tickets available? I yes, if he's got yes, tickets,
3: Everyone should get on board and like get make blackout like a really big, strong event. Like because it's you know Chris runs here every year. Every time we've been, it's been amazing. as well.
1: I am not you know, gonna get blackout drunk.
3: Get blackout drunk. I like, am not doing what
1: I did last year. I am not playing Matthew Crowe in the first game and having to throw up on my first turn.
2: You were a fucking train wreck. <laughs> you are in the party
1: house. Russ. I am in the party house. Do you know You're what the, the best thing? House. The best thing about staying at that hostel before was when we were walking back. There's just like all like girls that are getting ready to go out with all, all the lights on, out. all the things, up, just just getting their baps out.
3: Mate, you're selling it to me.
1: I know. You love it. Les is gonna be like like just marauder in the halls. It's gonna be like one of those films, like, you know, Attack the Block or something, you know, where they all just barricaded <laughs> themselves in. Les is this big I'm, big I'm, hairy, I'm, horny I'm, monster gonna... just trying to get down the doors. Come on. <laughs> easy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Come um, on, you're talking about Terry.
0: Do we know the Do we know the events for these dates so we can give people high quality information?
1: Yeah, so quite a few events coming up, uh, and I think people want to get into those as soon as possible, really, uh, to make sure they can play some cool new Everyone's edition. Everyone's going
0: to get mega excited, oh, aren't yeah. they? And jump on it, and it'll be. That's my favourite time to play as well as when the kind of the dust out is still settling and people don't quite. Know what's good yet, or they're not playing right yet because the the goalposts have been shifted. I still really miss like the, it. Wild <laughs> I the Wild West when
3: AOS was in its Wild West phase. I miss that. Yeah. yeah, I miss I miss taking Skyborn Slayers with four units of adjudicators, the prime, and all the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I just,
1: I just, it was just, it was just a beautiful time of craziness. It was like the end. It was like end times, but in Age of Sigma on crack. It was amazing.
0: Um, <laughs> so, events. So, I got some dates. So, uh, Blackout is 4th and 5th of August. Eggs is 25th and 26th of August. That is followed by Bank Holiday Monday. If people want to come and hang out and drink Saturday and Sunday and then have a leisurely trip home on the Monday or whatever, we can um, get to that, aren't we? It's going to be amazing. Yeah. You can get Face tickets hemorrhage. for that
1: at Element Games website, right? On If you click events on the website, you can pick tickets up there. Really?
0: You can yeah. indeed. You cannot get events for Face Hammer GT, because that's, that. that's 21st, 22nd, 23rd of so September. Excited. And then Blood and Glory is uh, the first weekend of November. It's 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Yeah. Second, is that, right? yeah. So I mentioned is that th- your birthday, Harry?
3: It was that 30th of November. Oh yeah, yours is after mine, on it? Yeah, and I thought for some reason I thought it was sooner, like, earlier than that, but no.
1: You can um they're forty pound a ticket for um Age of Sigma Blood and Glory. Um so we'll be there. Can't wait. I think he's got hundred and fifty um for Age of Sigma and one with forty K. So um get there early. You know, get in, get get your space booked.
3: Do it. I know where we're all going, aren't we? It's going to be amazing. Make we need to book chiquitos, don't we? Like we need to do this seriously. We way ahead need of time. to
1: do it. We need to actually book a table and or a party. Can you book a
3: party? Can we just book the place yeah, out? Not? If we get enough people, okay, tweet tweet Byron oh, at Placehammer uh, for a list of people <laughs> who joined the party table chiquitos on the Saturday night. Unfortunately, Apparently, you want- will be vetted, right. so um... so if you're bell, you can't join in. But otherwise,
1: yep. Yeah, so By- Byron can vet people,
0: so if you'd get turned away, then it's Byron's fault. Yeah, it is, and the vetting process involves coming to Facehammer and buying me a drink. <laughs> oh,
1: awesome. A lucky Brad.
0: <laughs> so you had to come to Face Hammer, buy me a drink, or spend more than £100 at the Element Game store.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Don't, because people think you're actually serious. Oh. I'm not going to edit that out. Do you want me to edit that out? No,
0: I've got no, burritos to buy. I'm 100% serious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't. It was like that time when <laughs> we went out there and we we run up that massive bill, and then when the bill came, like all the other guys we were with kind of went really that much, and we we're all like, yes, fuck it, <laughs> yeah, that's how we roll." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh shit, we should have known about this beforehand."
3: <laughs> I yeah, don't think they'll be joining us.
1: Podcasting again. about it, yeah, that was, was great. Fun. It was happy hour last time. We need happy Dark hour. Can stormy. I think oh, I yeah. still got that receipt <laughs> It was incredible
3: It was so good And then we tried to trigger Carl Breakspear
1: Yeah I, You just ended up dancing on your own in Chiquitos It was amazing I was drunk. <laughs> We need to get footage of it Simply <laughs> so in black all, and white And just have it
0: like <laughs> I'm, I'm all looking forward to playing Glory now It's quite a few months away, that's sad I think it's quite good,
1: we've got so much come in. I mean we're going to Six Nations as well um that is confirmed Age of 2 rules as well fantastic um, so i really going you talks, <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> going <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um so yeah that then we've got uh, they have got the doggers invitational um which is is warhammer don't worry um despite the name <laughs> it is actually warhammer but only certain people can go so only the people there will actually know what happens on that weekend um <laughs> so
3: if you're in the chat you're one of the cool kids if you're not unlucky unlucky yeah
1: yeah, so we've got that. Um, so loads of, loads of events coming up. So um, still tickets available for Blackout, Eggs, Blood and Glory, um, and the others you can't go to unless you've been invited, so unlucky. Um, I'm sure there's other events around the country, but those are the ones we're going to go to. So um, if you're there, come and solo, and
3: we'd love to see you there. please. And, and if anyone wants to sign me a Heat 3 ticket, uh, hit me up on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I am supposed to be commentating, but I'm not sure. I would,
3: am I going to get there? I don't know, but you're go- you're still going, right? If I haven't got a ticket, I'm not going. Uh-huh. There's so many people rocking up on the day. So if you see anyone on Twitter that wants a heat-free ticket and you've got one, don't sell it to them. Sell it to me. Cool. Fine. Cool. That makes sense. Um, How to view celebrity status by Les. Yep. I haven't got celebrity status. I'm infamous. Mate, you're the
0: Warhammer expert. You've got the right attitude. I'm, I am a Warhammer expert. I
1: know. It's, it's, yeah. Only so much you can do with a title, right? Shut up, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it, yeah. Cool. So, um, that's kind of news and events and stuff. Um, cool. In terms of hobby, um, I haven't really been doing any Age of Sigma, so I'm not going to talk about it. I don't know what anyone else has been doing, if anything.
3: I painted a Deepkin army really, really quickly. <laughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? Then didn't take it to safe coast because I didn't want to be that god.
1: No, you 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 would do quite be poor whitehead
3: with a fish on his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, it would have been nice to see poor Whitehead cry when I turned up with all the eels and he didn't have any. That would have been. I would
1: have paid good money to see that. Get those, those salty tears.
3: Yeah, I just cool. put up
1: for the time that he, he was using the eighteen mortal wound thunder tusks and trying to be funny about it, and it's like, yeah, check out my eels. Fluffy. Yeah, out my, my fluffy. No, in all seriousness, um, yeah, it would have, probably would have been a bit of a, a bit of a
3: piss take, but. um doesn't matter you didn't get
1: in did you, so
3: it's fine. I could have, but I just chose not to. It was legal. <laughs> yeah, right. It was legal. legal. hmm Yeah, I said that to you, it's legal. It's fine. I've
0: well, not, not done much hobby unless you include deciding that I've got hobby bloat and spending a large part of the bank holiday weekend trying like to swim upstream and clear out the vast amount of hobby crap I have to make my my hobby sit down time less intimidating. And I need more to do that and less cluttered. I oh, definitely God. need to do that. Feeling a bit better about it now, but it was a slog. Like I started and then I tidied the entirety of the rest of the house because the idea of finishing was so hard.
1: That's generally <laughs> yeah. what I do. I finish. I tidy up everything but my hobby room and then yeah. go. Oh, I've done loads, so I can't do it today. Yeah, that, that happened it?
3: twice.
1: Yeah. Did Obviously, you? Um,
3: I- okay.
1: That what was the rule then? You you didn't you have like a year rule? Is that the
0: the
3: way? Yeah, someone it? said that. That's quite a good idea.
0: If you've not used it for a year, then you don't need it. Which I think I w- maybe not for models because I like having things around. If I need like if I'm like oh I have an wreck spider I've not used it for two years I I need some spider's legs or whatever. Um, but I think for paints maybe that is a really really good rule actually because I got so much shit that I don't need. It's unbelievable and. I work far better like when I used to when I was doing commission painting actually that's the time I was the most productive and on my desk was either stuff I'd finished in like the last week or few weeks to look at and feel proud of myself on the left hand side or the thing I was working on and the paints required and my monitor and that was it nothing else was on the desk ever whereas now it's like a bit of this some of that some basic materials for one thing some models that need prepping some others that are half painted um, and it just it doesn't help. Like, I think I need I, have to, I can only do anything by obsession. So I need to have like a laser focused line of just the immediately needed task and nothing else.
3: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do similar this weekend where I'm just going to have like a big tidy up and just basically everything that is uh, that is not one of my unpainted storm casts is going to go away. Because um, I've still got so much to paint Stormcast stuff, or half finished Stormcast stuff, that I just want to get that done, and then you know everything else is just so it's going to be my Necromander gang, my still storm Stormcast, and then my the the leftover bits on my Deepkin, and that'll be, and that'll yeah. be it, and I'll put it, like you know and just get it all tidy and just be focused and yeah, just get back on the Stormcast, bandwagon, I think. I am just gonna have to start chipping away,
1: almost just opening the cupboard, taking everything out, getting rid of it, getting the next cupboard. You know, I've got I've got so much stuff that I've never touched or, or gonna gonna do anything within the next couple of years. It's almost like just just sell it, just get rid of it. I don't need it. We'll um, see. Um, yeah, I just, I just I know what I want to focus down to, um, but it's just it's just it's almost like I don't want to like just chuck stuff or because it's got value. But the effort of kind of collating it, getting it ready and advertising it is one thing. I'm going to sell my corn Army in its entirety, I think, because um, it takes up a lot of room. But to, And then it's not exactly... Because it, it's that concept army, although it's done well, it's not something I couldn't replace quite easily if I really wanted to. Um, yeah. And I haven't played with it for a while. And I've got my Nurgle and it's like, well... I've got my Nurgle, got my death, you know, I've got my Stormcast army that's not painted. I've got like so many armies. It's just I can only play so many games, so it's
0: like I might as well just get rid of the stuff I'm not gonna play immediately. Um yeah. I think yeah. it's helpful like the the exercise of actually working out what do I want to keep, what is worth my time and what what do I want to be spending my time on. That's probably a really worthwhile exercise anyway, just because that's all you should be doing. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be entertaining the prospect that you're going to use your precious free time on stuff that you only care about a little bit or isn't your first second or even third like priority as far as getting an army made like i've got oh god like six armies that are in various stages of being built and stuff like that and i'm definitely not going to get to numbers 5 or 6 probably ever so why on earth do I have them? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I've I i do not even want to think about it in too much detail. I mean I've got a pestilence army in a box, all brand new on sprues. I've I've got that snake army I bought, which luckily I haven't kind of delved into the boxes yet, so um I've got loads of stuff. But it doesn't it's it's kind of just like you know, just kind of refocus, cut down, sort my cabinets out a little bit, also keep the armies that uh, mean something to me. Um so, I've got like my Masters winning army, which will go into a cabinet and that will just stay there. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've got my High Elf army, which I did for Blood and Glory back in the Wild West that took that event out. And also, um, it's the first army that I ever won a painting prize with in 7th edition. So, that's got a special place. So I've got my Black Warrior army on square bases, which I'll just keep on squares. So, I've got loads of little
3: projects that I'll keep um, and just, think- you know, put them on display. I think with the, the new edition and stuff, it's a really good time for everyone to like refocus their hobby, right? And just go yeah. right. Don't know what the I new edition is. Like, yeah, and like, like so spring cleaning, new year, new hobby feeling. Yeah. You know, start a new army for the new edition, uh, or you know, or put away the stuff that you're never gonna get to and then, you know, refocus with the with a new sort of like when it all drops so we can, you know, start afresh.
1: So if anyone's interested in a corn army, a quadrant army an Iron Jaws army, a Pestant's army, or or a, mm, probably keep my flesh eaters. Um let me know, you know. Oh Beast Claw Raiders, I've got those too. Um <laughs> so let us know. Um we'll we'll go with that. Um anyway, let's it's we're having clear outs, we need to. Um we've got problems. Um <laughs> some more than others. Um Terry, <laughs> you you've been doing anything um Age of Sigma related? it been quite quiet. Deepkin. Just all well, in that Deepkin. Balls Deepkin.
2: Balls Deepkin, yeah.
1: When's your goal? Well, When? Bet. When's your unveiling of your balls? Blood I mean, glory. Deepkin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that too. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Same oh, night. No. Oh,
1: it's
2: Chiquitos, isn't it? So...
1: You're not getting Sheffield drunk. I could no. do. No. You, no what, he wants you paying, to see that. Are you, are you paying,
0: paying but they, you're not allowed a chicken in that army, are you? Lol. <laughs> you can't even ally in the turkey. What well, about turkey? Can
1: you have a turkey? Let's not get into this. <laughs> I had to cut this out the last show. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> so if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, like, Les went on about it for about 10 minutes. I had to cut the whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> um so... for life. Yeah, but don't share that with the listeners. They don't want to hear about it. Um, or maybe you do and if you do you've got a problem DM um, me Twitter if you want it, <laughs> just to just come speak to us at an event it's probably easier yeah. come or find us at the yeah. yeah you can see it for yourself see it see it first hand <laughs> But in, yeah, so in... I'm working on Deepkin. <laughs> <laughs> so um, have you got any in-progress stuff you shared, or are you keeping it all under the hat, secret, secret? Or it's
2: you... all secret, secret. I'm, I've got a model that will be revealed on the 30th of June. Ooh. If anyone knows what date that is, that's Warhammer AOS Day, Golden Demons. It Demon. is, yeah,
1: open day, isn't it? Yeah.
2: yeah, so I've got a few categories I'm going to enter
1: for that. All right, cool.
2: So um, I'm working on something at the moment for one of the categories, and I've got a model finished that I'm probably going to do a few little tweaks on as well. Um, um, yeah, so that's that's the focus at the moment. Very cryptic. So
0: we'll yeah, more about
2: that
0: later, I guess. Or uh, later
1: date. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Um, cool. So that's all hobby stuff. That's all done. Talk about events. It's all out the way. Let's move on so south coast gt 2018 we just that's it we'll just leave it at that thanks for listening (laughs) it was
2: it was a good event we attended thanks for listening come see on the next show
1: (laughs) so um this year we did swing a little bit we took it out general's handbook and all we did was slot in two malign portent scenarios um in amongst the normal six missions, six-game tournament, held down in Horn Technology College. Um, you can check out Healing Hammer's YouTube video for some videos of the event. Um, we've got a Facebook album on the Face Hammer Facebook page. Not that we really use it, but I've just taken loads of pictures. I just dumped them in an album. So if you want to look at the models that we're going to talk about, um, some of the shots from the event, AD Mac wearing a pair of, pair of pants with his bum hanging out, um, anything like that. It's all in the album, so you can check it out. Um I might not have put that picture in there, but you know, it was quite funny. He was the bottom slayer. It was it was pretty hilarious. Um so you guys obviously Byron you weren't you weren't there unfortunately.
2: No. No.
1: Um and we only had about a hundred people this year. Um which originally I was a little bit bummed out about. Um but actually, as the event got going, actually, I think it, it just made it better. So what was the final count? Um, 96 or something like that, I think. Oh, so I thought we was still up in the 120s. Uh, it originally was, but it dropped down uh, because we had a lot of dropouts on the day and stuff. So, uh, Right, okay. I
0: think with uh, with events that are so far to one end of the country, that's always more of a thing. Because people have to fact, like, if people are umming and ring then... Not that it's a negative, it's just a fact of life. If people are umming and ahhing, then they factor in that however many hours or miles or whatever it is.
2: Warhammer Fest was on the same day yeah, as well. Yeah, and it was yeah. in May,
0: not
1: in April, which it normally is in April every year. Because we lost the venue, got booked by somebody else, and they didn't hold the booking for us. So, yeah, a bit weird, but... Um, it was fine. I mean, I was a little bit subdued a little bit on the Friday. It was a bit like, oh, there wasn't that many it people didn't here. Feel
2: like, it didn't feel like South Coast on the Friday, or for me, most of the Saturday. But then Saturday evening, it really felt like South Coast again.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you guys probably got a different perspective to me, but I found um, I was a little bit like, oh, okay, there are not that many people. But then... Yeah when the event started ramping up and everyone seemed to be having fun, it was kind of like, actually, we've still got, like, almost 100 people, which is good anyway. Um, reminded me of, like, early, the early South Coast, when we started off with, like, 60 to 80. Um, but to be honest, like it's, it just, it's just because of the date move, I think. But um still pretty happy with the um, the atmosphere. It was really good. So I had a really good time.
3: No, it was really I good. Uh, I, I enjoyed myself on Friday helping Ben Curry get his army ready because uh, he was he wet on the table one. he so, like, that. He enjoyed, was oh, really? so
2: funny. Watching the two Ben's <laughs> hobby together was, yeah. was just, they were bickering at each other the whole time. It was <laughs> hilarious.
3: Curry trying to trigger me using his Windsor Newtons with PVA glue. I was just like, Ugh, stop it. So and he just, just leaving them in the water it. pot. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But yeah, just get stuff done, putting snow on it and his base in, Like yeah, So uh, if you played Ben Curry uh, with his uh, daughter's army, um, yeah, I made it look good because Ben can't...
2: You yeah. painted some rims on bases. Oh, I know! Gonna say, did, you
3: <laughs> did you just pick the sexiest bit?
0: Did you just pick the sexiest bit you could do? Show off a bit and then let him do all the hard work like I yeah, did when Friend of the mate, Show I, Dan I, needed I, his skaven doing.
3: Dude, I fucking black rim bases like a boss. Get <laughs> a, a bit of rimming. Yeah, yeah buddy.
0: It was a bit of
1: rimming on the Friday. Um, yeah. It was cool. I mean, it's all like... Um, there was some games going on, one not there? And um, it was nice to see uh, Paul White at his deepkin, which was cool. It was uh, obviously brand new. didn't have any eels, obviously. Um, yeah. That was cool. And then um, Ben Johnson brought some really impressive terrain, didn't he? Yeah,
3: was yeah that
0: was pretty legit. It was awesome. Looked like I didn't see this. He's always been great at terrain, though. One of his... Um... One of the first articles I followed on like on I think it was on like the White Dwarf Daily blog like seven or eight years ago. It was about how he painted terrain, it was really good.
1: He's got like uh he's got like a super secret it's not even that secret. He's just got like this knack for I'm gonna do a tables worth of terrain and he just smashes it out and it's like he's basically had um rock pillars, um which was made out of this... Apparently it's quite horrible stuff, this, like, bark. You have to wear, like, a dust mask and everything and seal it. Um, and then he had the Idenf boats, like, on them, like they'd, like, crashed on rocks. Yeah. So they were, like, up in the air on these big rock formations. Um, a couple of squire Citadels, some scattered terrain, and it was all done in, like, the Malpo colours with, like, the, the dark green stone and the ghost ships and the black rocks. It was really impressive, so... Um, absolutely his table just looked amazing every time i walked past the table on the weekend i was i was going past and i'd always stop and look at it because the game just looked amazing um i mean he's playing with his daughter's army and that's really nice anyway but it was it was just like wow that this table is just great love it but it's definitely worth if you go through the pictures and have a look you'll see shots of it and it's just absolutely fantastic so the level of like um detail on it. Lose. Yeah. you even got like like from like the the skulls and like this the top of the bell Round realm gate like stuck in the ground and you know like it's just it's just cool. It's just really, really good. So um yeah, it's lovely to see somebody go to that effort, you know, for their terrain. And I think it was everyone he played, he just went, I'll do the whole board of terrain and they were like, Yeah sure <laughs> So they made some really interesting games as well because they're like big line of sight blocking terrain and it was actually detrimental to him because he's got daughters so he doesn't really want those hordes of infantry getting all all sort of clogged up on these big bits of terrain so yeah that's the correct way to do terrain at events yes <laughs> it was all about the story so it was nice to see embrace of the malpo um kind of story and and take some themed terrain and I just yeah, it was great, great to see. It's always nice to when people get behind the event like that and support it. So we we appreciate that a lot. So it was awesome to see. Um We're kind of flitting around a little bit, but did you guys I mean obviously you went there, Byron, but did you guys see anything you particularly were kind of like impressed with, sort of terrain or army wise?
3: Uh, I think, oh. like, with, with Johnson, I really enjoyed, like, again, like, you know, don't want to sort of, like, big him up too much, but his, his terrain was really, really, really cool. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed uh, Matt Leon's zine charming as well. I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, with the the extra little bits that he'd done with, like, the mirrors on the bases and stuff. Um, I um, love the,
1: um, the skull terrain he had, where it had the lights in the eyes that change colour. And he set it up, when he set the arm up, at had the skull kind of looking over the back of his Lord of Change, and it just, as the light changed, it kind of just glinted off the mirrors he had on the bases and just kind of picked out bits on the models and kind of messed around with the, the colour palette a little bit, and it just looked really cool.
3: Yeah, I think it just—it just—it's just really nice. Like, I mean, it's—I um, think it just like the overall theme of it. It just worked really well together. Um, you know, I, I did—you I, I, know I told Matt I think it was uh, one of his uh, one of his nicest ones. Um, and also, I can't remember the name of the guy. It's Stormcast Army that was really nice. I really like that as well. Oh, I'm going to kick
1: myself now because I'm I'm trying to remember his name. It was something like Swing Ian, Ian Hannon. I think that's yeah, was it. That, sounds, that sounds that sounds familiar. Well, his army was. Absolutely spectacular, and that was a, we should probably ta- talk about pain, so let's just go into it. So Matt Leon took first place army with his lovely Zinch army for some of the reasons we've mentioned already, um, which I thought was,
0: his army was just really nice. First time he's had it out. Um, been watching it army. online, he's been working on it a long time, and every yeah. unit I'm looking at thinking like, seriously, you're putting in work, because he's not shortcutting it, they look great.
1: No, and I think the, probably the best best thing about it is just the consistency across the whole army. So he's managed to keep the standard and the colour palette across the entire army um, and keep it all themed. Um, so, yeah, just, just for me, it was the... Because when we did the army, um, we did it as which is the best army. So we took the army as an overall whole in terms of look, feel, and paint. Um, there was four armies that basically went into the top. Uh, and actually the standard across the whole event was really high. So me and Wayne went round and we took all the nominations and we were like okay, that's that's good enough, that's good enough, that's good enough, that's good enough and then we got round and we were like we got like 35 nominations out of 90 something armies and we just went, we just need to be more harsh um, we just need to cut it right the way down um so i know some people did come and ask us why didn't they get a nomination and actually we were like you did actually but we just we just had to cut it down from logistics um and so we just went let's just put the ones in that we want to see and we put some armies in because they were in contention for coolest so it wasn't that the technical ability of them was really good but we just wanted to put them set out um with the theme to get an idea how are we gonna award that award.
0: Um, to make sure other people saw them as well, because yeah it's it's still a big event. People might miss them if you don't put them on that table. So I guess that's a consideration, right?
1: Yeah, and I think it might have looked a little bit weird because you kinda of walk around and you go, okay, that army looks great, that army looks great, that army looks great, why is there a snowman? And and like, you know, not that it doesn't look great, but it's it's like it's just not at the same level of technical, but it might people might have thought, well that's weird, why is that nominated? Um and that's just how we did the nominations. We did both groups together. So some were nominated on cool and some were on painting. So um you know it, we I think we shortlisted to six in paint and six in cool um and had twelve overall. it might have been a slightly different split, but it was about that. Um But yeah, it's it's just interesting to see. And um so the 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 Stormcast uh, Vanguard Army um which we think was from Ian. And sorry if we've got your name wrong. It's um, It was brilliant. Um, really, really cool conversions. Um, everything's got patterning on the birds, patterning on the cloaks. You'll love it, Byron, if you have a look at it. There's quite a few pictures on there. I definitely
0: need to take a look at this. Sounds like my type of thing. Yeah,
1: and even like the judicators were converted. and um, There are lots of birds as well, and there's turquoise, so you'll love it. Um, but even down to the basin, the basin looked like the sort of terrain that they would be kind of going through, um, and although the paint scheme, it was good, but it was like not as crisp as some of the other armies that were in the nomination. The rest of the theme kind of pulled it up, if that makes sense.
0: Um, choosing the color, right colors, is often as if not more important than execution, isn't it? Like there's, there's technical decisions yeah. and then there's technical execution and I think a lot of people get fixated on one over the other and it's one of the things that makes judging painting at a high level so subjective because you're always talking about like well actually technically that army is in terms of application of paint from a brush to a model not as good but technically the decisions are flawless therefore how do you rank that and it's pretty it's pretty hard
1: Yeah and to be honest the from the, the paint scheme you've got um he had like warm gold, warm brown, a dullish cold red, then just this like greeny turquoise which is just pops off to completely contrast perfectly um with the actual warmness of the other palette. And even the i I mean it was it was quite a cold palette but using warm colours. It just it just looked really nice. I just really liked it. Um it was interesting, different, not seen it before. Um, conversions, hands, ticked all the boxes, so he came in at second. Um, and then our very own Terry Pike um, picked up third, um, whoop and whoop. it was basically a toss-up between Les and Terry. Um, and it was difficult, because if Do Terry had some... It's got individual units and models which are technically really good. As an army, the army doesn't quite look like an army, because things have been done different times. Um, and the Lord of Change is fantastic, um, which we will talk about probably when we get on to the Best in Show. Um, but yeah, just it just it's a different colour palette to the rest of the army, and obviously we know why, and why, why it's a different colour palette. Um, but it kind of didn't help tie your army together, and it being a big centrepiece. And it kind of didn't really harmonise with the Great and Clean one, it was very They just didn't look like they belonged. If that makes sense. So.
2: Well, the great and clean ones painted to be like what I would call my table, high table standard. That Lord of Change Kairos model should never have been on the table.
1: No, it's more about the colour palette than the the technical execution. But
2: yeah, yeah, I I mean, he's painted in real pale blues and all non-metallic metals. He doesn't. Always a problem
0: with mixed chaos as well. Always has been. Like the only real way to get cohesion is to use like directly opposing colors but let's say you've got red corn and you shade it with blue and then you have blue cinch but you shade it with red or something super techy like that which is hard to pull off or you just paint everything one color and then screw it off like here's my army it's yellow deal with it it's so hard to make chaos tie um and then armies like stormcast they're just they're done already they're just like it's just yeah. like that's why i'm control. looking forward
2: to having the deepkin on the table, as an army, because it'll all look like it's part of the same army? Yep. Yep,
1: totally totally understand. All to the
2: same palette, all to the same standard, everything is just going to look the same. Can I ask a
0: a sideways question? Are you, like, so I actually think armies that look the best sometimes are ones where everything is done exactly to the same standard, even if that means the characters aren't as nice. Um, Mm -hmm. How are you going to approach this army, Terry? Are you Spending more time on the characters, or are you just doing it all super solid, or just a little bit more time on them? Or all, how are you doing? All it? super solid, a little bit of extra time on some characters, but not vastly more.
2: Not not anything ridiculous. Everything's going to look pretty much the same standard, with a little bit of extra on some of the characters.
0: Yeah, because I, I mean, I it's something I always have real issues with. As a, as someone painting, and also someone looking at or judging is that I'd rather see the best, best, best quality models because I want to look at it and be amazed. But at the same time, some of the best-looking armies, the heroes are just the heroes because they're standing outside the units and they're painted exactly the same. How do, you, how do you guys feel, Russ and Les, about that type of stuff?
3: For me, it's, it's about consistency. Um, so, like again, I think... like. Uh, the, I'm not a big fan of somebody painting uh, as example. It's just a personal preference. If someone paints an army to a really good standard, and then the, the heroes are painted to like exceptional standards, um, it, it kind of, for me it sort of like takes a little bit away from the army. I'd rather have everything painted. I suppose it's just because the way I do things. If I paint an army, I want it to be you know, my strong past heroes uh, are trying to be painted to the same level as my liberators and trying to be painted to the same level as um, you know, my my judicators and, you know, it's the same techniques. They've obviously they're just busier models. I I just want it to be for me, I think a consistent high standard across an army is what like gets me excited about. Even painting looking at armies. What do you think, Russ? I
1: I agree with Les really I I love consistency across an army. Um, obviously the people might put an extra bit of work on a character but for me they need to look like they belong and it needs to be you know i i kind of it grinds my gears a little bit when i see an army and like the infantry are barely painted or like rush painted and it's just to get and the characters are done really nicely and everyone focuses on those centerpieces and i think for me i know because my my style is to paint consistently across the board so when I when I see that, it kind of goes, oh man, why do I bother? I could have just cut corners. Um, mm-hmm. So it gets me a little bit like, oh no, I, I kind of like the effort of that when someone's yeah. done it across every model. And that's the thing with Matt's army, it, and even with Les's army across every model, it's so consistent and so well executed you know the fact it's a liberated it doesn't matter it's still painted to the same level as the castellan it's still painted the same level as the Redector. you know although the predator is a cooler model and it's it looks better because of the, the the kind of the colors you've got on there and the white face and stuff but essentially it's painted the same it's it's not it's not like the liberators have had any like less highlights or shading or less you know there might be one extra highlight or a little bit more neater but on the characters but to be honest it's very minute minute and you can't really tell if it's just they're ornate because they're characters or or there's been extra work but i i personally i
0: think um a consistency for army painting is where it's at um, i guess it's the only like, if you're going to follow that rule, the only exceptions where a model gets vastly bigger and then you kind of have to do more on it because otherwise it'd be covered in big blank spaces or. Well, yeah, but
1: I mean, like yeah. the
0: area um,
1: appropriately painted uh, in the same style. There was a really nice corn army. I can't remember the chap's name, uh, but he had done all the blood warriors and he'd highlighted all the red armor panels and he had loads of juggernauts and he had banners and he had blood splatters on them and he got a nomination and his yeah. army which is consistently across the board. You look at every model... Uh, everything's highlighted it's all line edged highlighted, and you think, yeah technically it's neat and and it's not necessarily like um where the highlights should be if you were doing like true highlighting um but across the whole army it just looked great I mean you had yeah. very striking color scheme I mean it's you know it's it's classic corn colors and it was executed to a high level and it's blood bound you just don't see a bloodbound army painted to a high level like that, and I know those models. How complicated they are. Oh no. Yeah. And and to see in. someone who's put the effort to do that across a two thousand point army, you had like Corgus Cole, the Blood Secretor, <laughs> Slaughter Priest, two units of Blood Warriors, you had like twelve Juggernauts I mean, painting twelve juggernauts is, is a big it's a big job. I mean, I I know when I did my my juggernauts back in seventh edition or eighth edition, where I did them in black with the bone and I did them all blended, they took me I've only got six and that took me an awful long time, so I have mad respect yeah. for people who can do that. Um, just the, the level of effort and commitment, and it's like, that, that's a that is a big effort. I mean, there was one guy there, Tim, I think his name is, from the, um, he was part of the, he did have a hat with dicks on it that said, let's party most of the weekend, but, you know, <laughs> and he did look about 14, which I know he's not, but it kind of was a little bit off-putting. But he he actually had a really nice Wanderers army um and it was all done in like blues and and snow basing it was really nice i really liked it and i was like that's, that's definitely cool a you know a high level and there was even like a guy <laughs> me and Wayne had a full on argument about this but there was this like a concept deaf army it was all done in black and white and i loved it but it was really, oh, like, really? messy but i just loved it i, I just thought it looked great it's so striking and he had like paper banners but they were like just printed off like pirate banners off the internet yeah and it sounds silly because it's just black and white the whole army black and white grain different shades of black and white some have got a, a creamy bone some are like a dark black gray some are like a got a slight blue tinge to them but basically they're just all black and white but it just looked really good it's just like well that's yeah, a I really need. nice execution of a simple color scheme That's just I like
0: or you can, just head over to the album You can see all of them Sweet. Yeah, um, I guess if people are going to take anything from this It's if you're trying to get an army <laughs> well Maybe don't have to spend Extra time on the characters at all I mean, they will, as Les mentioned uh, They will probably take longer Just by merit of having more detail On them, generally speaking But you don't need to It doesn't matter and your army can still look great So if you're trying to get there faster And only do the bits that matters And like Min max painting a good army, then you like just paint your paint your heroes like they're normal dudes, and it'll probably be fine.
1: Yeah, and I think if we talk about Ben Johnson's armies, he he does that. He does a consistent standard across the entire army, and like even his daughter's Cane Army, like a, a witch elf is the same as the hag, is the same as a is a, a Kinarai harpy, is the same as you know. But across across it looks on a display board with all the models with the terrain, it looks amazing. And it's the same with his flesh eaters, you know, basic paint job,
3: but looks really striking. Same with his Stormcast as well, right? His Stormcast are all painted.
0: Just everything. I love his flesh eaters. His flesh eaters are one of my favourite armies that he's done, and I yeah. like his style of painting a lot. I just think they're awesome.
1: Me too, and it's probably his weakest paint job, I'd imagine.
0: I think it's his. Uh, I remember. I told him how much I liked it. I think it was a, a face hammer, actually, and he just said, oh, it's all smoke and mirrors. So I was like, well, I fucking love your smoke and mirrors. They're spot on. He, he plays it down <laughs> a lot, but yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so out of the other
1: nominations, uh, Steve Wren's uh, Zinchami was out there, and there was a Nurgle, line, which was quite nice. Uh, he had a big unit of Pusco and I, I've got a little soft spot for those, so it was nice to see those on the table. Um, we had Jimbo's uh, Silver Nef- order army which was which was pretty cool i really like his prime actually um if you want to see a little bit more on it actually they do we, we kind of got their show wrong I, I want to say it was intentional but it really wasn't um so it's the mitzi and jimbo show and they do a youtube channel um and they've done a video where they talk about his army for south coast and it goes through the models and he's got the prime it's quite good it's on, on youtube we'll put a link um and i think that's, it one best
0: painted at london dt's fantasy
1: yeah so you can check out um check
0: out that video and
1: see the army that took out london gt best painted as well um yeah well done and then um also check out their youtube channel anyway because it's awesome they also review beer on it um and on that episode i think they do old engine oil which is a beer that i very much like so uh mitzi's quite uh, got quite a good taste in uh, the alcoholic beverage
0: um never again will face him saying
1: <laughs> <Same> what
3: sorry <laughs> Uh, I said this is a shame. he's got good taste in alcoholic beverages, it's a shame he doesn't have that good taste in flat peak caps
1: <laughs> that's very true his, his choice of headgear for Chicago was a little bit ropey um, yeah. it was it was good, I'm sure there's a picture of it in their Depticon album but um,
3: yeah
1: Mickey, Peaky Blinders Megaboss, I don't know yeah. Pig, Piggy no. Blinders? Does he have <laughs> call grunters? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> No. Be good. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, well actually, more Peyton to talk about, we've got okay. the coolest to talk about, I just want to quickly talk about this. So I know this is maybe a little bit over the top of a hobby, but I think it's quite cool. So there was a SNESH army on a temple which had lights and it was a big display board, and that was really cool. Um, he was doing quite well in the event as well. He was up around the top tables most of the event. Um, he even like almost took down uh, Pete Scully's Nagash, um, which was quite an interesting game to watch. Um, speaking of, Pete Scully's Undead army, which was very old school and very weird, um, where he's got, like, Chaos Marauders and Chaos Warriors converted with old-school vamp- uh, skeleton bits, um, oh, wow. and Nagash converted out of Mortarian. Um I did joke to him that I'm surprised that he actually tried to make the old, like, a modern version of the Gary Morley clown Nagash um, <laughs> with a really expensive model. <laughs> so... Um, and he had like a weird like war shrine thing with spirits on it, I think that was probably a Mortis engine, I'm not sure um, but really cool, like so we put it up for coolest, we thought well, let's have a look at that um, Ben Smith had a Christmas themed destruction army and he had catapults that fired presents um, well one fired presents, I think one fired lumps of coal and he had um, naughty and nice lists um Fanatics with presents on the end of chains is Father Christmas sat on a stone horn with all the presents in the back, candy canes on all the goblins. Um, he was wearing elf in safety and um, something about being touched by an elf t-shirts outfit. Um, yeah, very weird, but but pretty pretty funny. Um, yeah, so we we put that out to have a look at it, but we we were kind of like we wanted to go with something that was Age of Sigma themed. Um, so although it's quite quirky it wasn't really um, it didn't really do it for us um, then we also I had a little bit of a uh, solidarity for my concept bros so we we uh, put some concept armies in the cool list as well um, so one of those is Ricky May's undead army uh, so he had the Gash Prince Vordry um, and all his army was basically done in a really nice black to jade turquoise On and grey, on like snow basin, Um, and I just love it. I think it looks so striking on the table. Um, His nagash is very kind of like ominous. So when I was walking around the hall, and and it's so subtle, it almost looks like it's not painted, um, but it is. And every time you walk around the hall, you see it, and it his nagash just popped off the table. So even when I was looking down a row of tables, his Nagash just looks so like imposing. It always just stuck into my head. So I was just like, oh, look, there's there's Ricky doing well um, with his Nagash. So that was awesome. What did you guys think of that army? Did you see it?
3: I, I like Rick's army. I've seen it a couple of times. Um, and, yeah, no, I think it it really, like you said, it just stands out. It's just really, it, I'm not a, the hugest uh, fan of concept stuff. But, yeah, I, I think you just done it to a really good standard and,
1: you know, it just you know, it's definitely definitely playable. It looks really cool. Yeah. And then um did you see uh, Mikey B's or Ed Sheeran's um Silver Nef I love I
3: love uh, Ed Sheeran's Silver Nef
2: I think it looked yeah, and it, lo- it looked really nice. The basing was really good on it as well.
1: For me the basin is he won coolest. Um the basin was just like so good. Like the it is de- definitely what, what tipped it over the edge for me. Um, considering it's dry brushed and airbrushed, and he's he's sort of he's done it very quickly, it just looks fantastic. The color choice is great as well.
3: It's like turquoise and pink, and you it just looks really good, doesn't it? It's just awesome.
1: Yeah, it, it's just like like very pale, whitey, greeny blue, and pink with that br- dark wood and then snow basin with ice. It's just just great, looks, looks amazing. Um uh, I think he had it he had it displayed on a snowboard as well, which kind of helps a little bit, so there's a funny story actually we had like we had like this whole row emptied, and there was one snow mat, and everyone wanted to put their arm on the snow mat, which <laughs> is <just> like <laughs> like you can spread out and they're like yeah, but I've got snow on my bases, I want to put it on this table I was like, oh okay so um but I yeah, really nice um absolutely absolutely great, I loved it, just just fantastic, so standard was really high, I mean probably talked to almost a little bit too much about painting but um we got one talk, more thing we have got now. to talk about more painting yeah and that's the um painting show in the evening um the awards. I don't know if I took many photos of this actually um but basically we people entered their stuff and we were like cool so um single character was taken out by your relictor. Yeah.
3: That's
1: right I'm, sorry, really, I'm really not gonna it's... get this wrong am I? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, it was
1: the Relic so that won. Yeah, still think it stands up. I know it's won numerous times it's, at Warhammer um, it, World. It's just it's like,
3: a... didn't it win last year at so, Circus as
1: well? Probably, but yeah. the um, the field was wasn't as strong as it has been in last year, other years, where people had taken actual like display pieces to display. We had a lot of yeah. stuff out of people's armies yeah. um, in terms of monster. Um, we gave it to Matt Leon's, um, Lord of Change because we took Best to Show out because basically Terry's Lord of Change was like head and shoulders above everything. Um, because it's just on another level. It's done as a, it's done as a competition piece. Um, not as, not as a army model that's been put into a paint show. So it kind of just would have walked, it walked it basically. So, um, it's just absolutely, absolutely great. I mean, I've te- there's one of the pictures in the album, is the back of your Lord of Change with his wings, and you can see yeah. every line highlight on every feather. It's just nuts. So, yeah, certainly um, a few months' worth of painting feathers. <laughs> you must be super happy with that, though.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I'm going to be taking it up to the Games Workshop thingy, the open day AOS thing.
1: Do you want to about my luck up there? Do you want to talk a little bit about why you did it or how it came about and what where you, where you got inspired from? Or
2: so the original idea was I was trying to get better at single model painting by learning how to do new techniques. And Martin had mentioned the painting Buddha, like guys mm. who did a lot of YouTube videos. And so the actual painter from that, like the main guy Ben Comets, went off and did his own like channel that he has like a patron thing where you pay and you can see all his videos. So he did a lot of change and I was going to just follow his video and just do the entire model as if I was following the tutorial, like step for step, but he's got such a different painting style. I just couldn't, I couldn't get to grips with it at all. So in the end I sort of used his color palette that he did for the skin, which was like the bluey, um turquoise with the like the flesh and then the purple around like the feet so i used his color scheme and then just did my own style cause he does this thing called the loadish uh, loaded brush technique where he puts like the base color in the brush and then puts a dot of white on the end of the brush and then does like his blends on the surface doing a single brush stroke so like technical. watching him do it he makes it look easy, but then when you actually try and do it, you just get like white paint all over your model, and it looks yeah.
0: horrific. It's nuts. The like the level of aptitude with dilution and stuff like that is it it beggars belief. But he is one of the best painters. Evs. So uh, so yeah, did so yeah use his same. Did you use his same paints, or did you just go for his? So I, his I used theme? the same
2: the same blue and black and red because he he paints his Lord of Change with literally like seven colors. So the entire model, my Lord of Change is done with nine. Or my Kairos. so it's a blue, well, it's like a turquoisey blue, a red, a black, a white, and then like a flesh colour, and then like the gem colours. There's like extra greens and yellows in there. But the majority of the model was literally done with three, four colours, and it's just the purple is made from the red, the blue and the black. the The blue is made from blue and black. The, the per, you know then you've got the all the shades and highlights are just all made from the main colours with just more black or white pushed into them. So it's it's got me to like go away from my mad multiple-colour-bright sort of Skaven zinch thing that I've done into the Deepkin now where I've gone, these are the five colours I'm going to use across the entire army, and I'm going to make all the colours out of these five colours. So I I have learned a lot from doing his thing. Like okay. following along his like how he goes about doing stuff, I just can't paint how he does. Um, despite practicing for hours trying to get that loaded brush thing going, I I just could not get to grips of it. And doing my own way of like blending just was a lot. It just made more sense to do what I know how I can do instead of trying to like force his technique.
0: But it sounds like you still learnt a lot from the exercise. I learned
2: I learned tons. Like just watching like an actual Slayer Sword winner. Paint is really interesting to see how they even go about mixing colors and just from the basics going right up.
0: Like it might be where he placed his highlights
2: as well. Mm, sort of. um I find I... that really
0: helpful. I'm not very good at it actually.
2: It was helpful in some places, but with that lord of change model, you find that a lot of the highlights just put themselves where they're meant to go anyway. Um, It was just on like the big flat surfaces, like the arms and legs where you're just like, well, where should I put a highlight here? Because it's kind of a big round sort of flat surface. Um, So that was kind of interesting. But I mean, the piece itself is is not really ever meant to go into my army or anything. I just made a quick gaming base for it so that I could just have it on the table. I'd spent all that time painting it. I just wanted to have it on the table for a bit. In hindsight, I should have just left it as a display piece and just taken something different in the army. And just had a bit of fun with something else. But it was nice to get him on the table. But I probably shouldn't have.
0: Cause Les. nice for the him. people to get to see it as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is good. But yeah, so the first person to ever touch that model other than me was Les on the Friday night. And it was just pinned into its gaming base. And the model was very back heavy. And it nearly fell out of the base onto the floor. And Les was like, no, have it back. I don't want to touch it. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, lied, <laughs> <You're a> <laughs> yeah, I'm a dropper. Yeah, I'd have just cried literally. Dropper. a dropper. Killer told me that before I gave you the model I'd been painting for like seven, eight months flat out to you know, to get ready. But I'm happy that I uh, I, I took the, the best in the show with it. It's just a shame I couldn't join Byron and Les with the dagger bros.
0: But now I'm in my own little group of crystal butt blood bros. You're you're you've got a more rare gift than we had so you're
3: special
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so I mean to be honest the you should should be pleased with that really um,
2: oh yeah so. definitely
1: and then um, we had the win of the unit was the um, uh, was with the paladors um, from the stormcast army that also won Best painted. So the three armies that won painting and Les basically got prizes and then in the open was an Imperial Knight, which is really nice. Um can't remember the chap's name, but that was um pretty good. I think it was the guy with the Snesh the Sinesh army, I might be wrong. But um yeah, that was that was really nice. Uh that Imperial Knight was just just really cool. I thought it's done a really nice job on it. It's just like transfers and, and weathering and yeah. Just in the open it kind of was the only thing that really really kind of was another level already, so um it's good. I mean it's nice to see that people still supported the paint show, so um great to see that. Um But anyway, that's all the hobby from South Coast. Um <laughs> So, I think it 's really high standard, so hopefully that 's been interesting for you guys to listen about um, we 're going to want to we'll do is we 'll take a break and when we come back we 'll talk about some of the armies around the top tables and what the guys use I mean to be honest, the army that Terry and Les use are basically the same armies they 've been playing with so. Not that interested in going through that in detail, but we'll talk about Malpo as well and how that affected the event. Uh, some of the stories that I heard around from the Malpo cards, and Les has got quite a fun story with that. And then um, about what armies were dominating around the top and where we thought things were going to fall and what armies ended up taking it out. Um, and that's quite interesting for me because as I was organised, I was able to walk around the top tables and just watch the games and see what was the matchups and see what's going on. So I think we'll talk about the sort of the top five to ten lists in, in detail of what we what, what is cool, if that's gonna work. Cool. Alright, so we'll be back in a few minutes. Yep. Face Hammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at twenty percent off. And all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break. Um, so before we get into like lists that were doing well, um, we used Malign Portents, didn't we, at South Coast? Yeah. Um, how did you guys find it?
2: Shall we go first with this, Les? Yeah, I, I
3: actually really, really enjoyed playing with them. Uh, I thought the missions added um something different to the, the, the overall sort of like the feel of the games. Um I I played two practice games before the event, um and sort of like did a little bit of research um before I, I, I kind of went into it. But I really liked the missions. I I thought they were really cool. Um you know, uh, I don't know what the the big song and dance was all about on the internet but about them being rubbish and stuff like that. I, I didn't really pay much attention to it, but uh, as missions go, I thought they were really cool, um, and I, I really liked the, the the prophecy points and being able to you know spend those um, and you know picking your sort of like your malign prophecies. Now I can't remember the, the exact term for it, but um, like your You're guiding Scar. portent that's it you're guiding portent um, but yeah no i really really enjoyed it like you know it got to the point actually uh, in a couple of games where i was like oh man i wish i had like i wish this was a, a malpo game so <laughs> i could use my you know use my uh guiding portent um because i just found him really really cool did
1: you use the same one in
3: both games i did yeah and what did, did you had a little cool story about it didn't you so, so it's a bit gamey, but um, I was playing John Dale, um, and we, he had a gunline army, and uh, it was really, you know, it's, it's geared up to, to, to shoot and kill a lot of stuff. Um, and he had a, a really cool combo where uh, he had a, a dwarven character. I can't remember his name, uh, the, the name of it. And he basically, he targets a unit and increases the rend. Uh, I think he's a runesmith. Um, yeah, uh, he's a runesmith. So he, he had a massive unit of longbeards um, who were rend one. Um, and he then obviously uses the runesmith to make them run too. Um, so we were playing the, I can't remember the name of the scenario, it was the one we spawn on the last turn with the the, the different Har- sort of... Harpingers uh, of Doom, Harpingers. I think. So we, we were, anyway, long story short, we were playing, um, and I had moved the Star forward uh, and debated charging, and we had a little conversation about whether or not I could charge him and I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna charge you and then I felt the charge. Then he had his go. Uh, and he didn't charge Stardrike because he, he knew it was going to be like really resilient to the attacks due to the fact that Staunch Defender Castle and Buff. Um and then uh then well for priority, i got priority. And I, I moved the Stardrike three inches away from his long and they were all buffed up like with Ren two. And I'm like, Do you know what, like John, I'm like I'm really unsure about charging you And he's like, Yeah and I was like Because essentially rent to star drake's like you know on a two-up save it makes it's a four-up save you're only ones which is i, I know that rent 2 you're just going to put a load of wounds through and probably like you know cripple him uh, and i was like yeah and we had a conversation back and forth and we talked about it and he was like i was like Do you know what i'm just going to charge you and he was like i'm going to charge you with a star drake and i'm going to charge you with the four and he was like yeah and i was like yeah so i uh i charged the star drake in um, and I charged the Forminators in on the uh, the, the right side of the table. Um, and I activated the Forminators first, and he looked at me and went, you made a mistake you aren't you, because I'm going to kill the Star Drake? And I went, right, okay, so, um, did the Forminators, he got to the Star Drake uh, take, got to the Star Drake combat, and I played my line points card, which was Ignore Rend on the Star Drake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was just like, what? I was like, yeah, Ignore Rend. So it's just a two-up stable rolling ones. So I activated the Forminators, Make sure that they did a load of the damage and like crippled the other unit, knowing for a while that he was never gonna hurt the Star Trek. Um and kind of played him a little bit which was a bit of a dick thing to do, but it was, you know, at the time it was quite funny. And um I told Ben Curry this story, and, story. Yeah, and Ben naturally went straight over to John and fucking went, He gamed you up, mate, he gamed you up. So, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs>
3: he loves just putting the little like the little the little weedle in.
1: Like <laughs> kicks you when you're down, you know. Yeah. Yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, till someone do the hard work. It just comes in a you So, what about you, Terry? What, what was your sort of feelings on Malpo? See, I
2: I was on the flip side of it, and I did not enjoy the Malpo at all.
1: Um,
2: I I wasn't like bothered about going into the event. You know, the whole they put this Malpo scenarios in. It's not going to change the you know why take because I was literally just taking what I had. I didn't do any prep or practice games for what Malpo did, um, and. In the games that I played in, the Malpos just went completely against me to the point where I I just auto-lost a game um, just because I didn't realise the potential, what you could do with one of the the things, like the cards you could play. And then in, the, in another game, I so played what was the guy...
1: Do you want to give an example of that?
2: So, in the scenario, you could score... Spending your prophecy points on your opponent's objective even if they had control of the objective. Yeah. Um, and when you've got Marathi sat on it that you can't kill for four turns, she just scores to the point where you can't actually Did she get, get into yours, in game. did she? Yeah, she was just on it no, straight right, away. Okay. Made made a huge charge and I was like, Well, I can kairos it down but then you're you can still get a reroll, so I'm you know, there's a potential that I'm gonna waste it. Um, and it, it just you know, I, I wasn't really expecting it to happen. I didn't think he'd make that massive charge, and you know, just inexperience of playing with the the Malpo stuff. And I didn't really, I didn't so really was think it about the it. Scenario, not
1: really the cards.
2: Then it it was well, it, that was the scenario with the prophecy scoring from Malpo. In the next game, the cards were what did it. So I played a guy who had a Fools each um, change host, and. I couldn't ever shoot any of his units because he kept playing stuff that reduced all my range. So, it's like cool. I'll you know I'll move up, and he he is like halved your move or something, or or pinned your unit so it couldn't actually move, and then just minus all your shooting range and your casting range down. I was like, well, just,
1: it's just six inches on your shooting range.
2: So yeah, to a minimum of three. So. The Great Unclean One could never shoot anything because he only had a three-inch shooting range. And the Skyfires went down to 18, um, which is still obviously not bad. But because his entire army was horrors, just walls and walls of brimstones and blues, I could never shoot any of the good stuff behind it because with that extra six inches off the range, it could just never get in there. And then just some of the other cards he put... There was another one he played where it just completely stopped the game. Dead. I was like, "Well, that's I can't do anything about it." Um He, one of his, he gave himself plus two to cast for the turn on a Zinch Change Host that already had all the other buffs on it. So he, even with, though I had Kairos to do unbinding with, he had a pretty much just a free magic phase whenever he played that card because he, it just everything became completely irresistible to, to even stop. So the Lord of Changes is, is getting a six gets plus one naturally stood on arcane with another plus two. So he's casting on like 16. You're like, cool. I need a 17 to unbind that. It's like, you've got horrors that are casting on like 12s and 13s and 14s. Cause they've just got so many buffs across the table with these, with that, just that extra plus two was huge. Um, but you know, it's, it, it was just more stuff in. That I didn't even bother looking at before the event. Cause I wasn't really too fussed about the game. And I just wanted to go for like, the social and the hangout, but my two Malpo games were the only two games I lost. Mm. Um, and they were very much cause I just didn't really pay attention to what the Malpo stuff could do. So like, you know, some practice games were actually I opened my Malpo book at the table when I played Ben in round two, right, Okay. I got the book out of my bag and went, well, I suppose I should break the seal on this book and actually have a look at it. um, which was quite funny, you know, at, you know, at the time. But obviously, not knowing what any of the stuff did was probably, you know, I could have had like a half-hour read through the book and probably found some stuff in there that was pretty tasty.
1: Yeah, it just sounds like you weren't really prepared.
2: Um... Yeah, I, that's the thing. I went into it not really too... I wasn't like going into the event going, oh, I need to like min-max all the MalPost stuff and like you know go go for the win or anything. I was just like, well, there'll be some funky scenarios. I'll just look at them on the day. But it turns out there was just more. Then I'll have a quick look at the scenarios because there was like sixteen pages of prophecy stuff that you could pick and. Well, there's change, six pages Robin. of prophecy.
1: It's it's eight pages basically. So there's six pages of prophecy. A page tells you how to use it, and two scenarios. So it's
2: isn't isn't there more stuff at the back though with like all the chaos tables and charts um, and stuff? No, as well? there's
1: only four extra prophecies if you've got a um, harbinger. Uh, see, I I and started going through. They've got their own everything. law. They've so, got their own like I, law. But if you if you haven't got a harbinger, and they and they they want to use a free one, and you say no, then yeah, you don't get to use yeah. it anyway. So. See, I I went through all of that as
2: well. So it was like I there was just too much to go through at the start of the round. I I didn't really think there was going to be that much. Um, mm. I probably could have just picked one thing and gone. I'll just use this every game and just see what it does. Um, but like some of them, like Les said, with the ignore rend. Like having a Star Drake with a one-up, rerolling ones, ignoring rend, is dumb. <laughs> like against a gunline army, like what John had, that that must have just made the game such a non-game for that Star Drake. Did it? Did it kill most of his army?
3: No, man. It was a really tight game, and like John, like, it was a gen- it was a really tight game because whilst the Star Drake was unkillable, it's all about the mission, not necessarily about what the Star Drake kills. Um, and you know, and it wasn't always. I didn't always use that. I mean, the the other um, card that I really enjoyed was you pick for you would spend the number of prophecy points up to five to put a models uh, back in a unit. So I was used. I was putting like formators back in units after they'd been shot off. Um, yeah, that's stuff like that. That's um, silly. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it wasn't like it wasn't like a ruffle stomp to him. It was a really really tight game. I think I beat him by one point, and that was because he was a gent the thing is
1: as well there's in throughout the six portents like the the sort of the guiding portents pages there's an answer to pretty much anything on the table so if you yeah. know what you struggle with and you pick the right set of stuff you can go well now i can deal with that because i can use this um so you know like actually iron jaws players go in well okay I can mitigate the shooting, or you know, I can yeah. do some.
2: I'm sure there was one in there that made you like minus one to hit as well
1: for that yeah. turn. Yeah, I think... I think
2: maybe Ben had that one because it was like uh, your. What's the? Is it Cabal? What, what are Calibon. they called? Caliban. Just one to shoot. That's that's
1: that's just the rules that they have. It's nothing to yeah. do with Malpo.
2: But, but he had that, and then the Malpo thing. So it was like cool i'm gonna shoot you but your entire army is base minus two
3: to hit <laughs> It was so stupid i <laughs> think like russ said though like you know when you took i spent the friday afternoon and i read the book and it it basically gives you uh an option to compete against anything and i think you know it, for me Whilst it's not to everyone's taste, I thought it added. It, it basically took my army and meant that I could compete against some of the bad matchups. Like there was a way for me to deal with change hosts in there by reducing yeah. the spam and stuff like that, which is what I would have took if i played the change host.
1: And the um, one that I quite like with that is where you get mortal wound saves, so you can have like a five yeah. up mortal wound save on a set of attack of mortal wounds, a spell. Yeah.
3: It's just, it's. I think I that it, it basically, once it added another level of, com, like you know, of complexity to the game, it also added, you know, it, it didn't balance it, but it levelled the playing field a little bit in those bad matchups. If you, yeah, see, you
2: know, like I said, like with mine, I, I went into it not really bothered about the, the you know, reading the book and having a look. Yeah. It was just I'll just have a look on the day, and you know, should have read the pack fully, and that meant also reading the Malpo book fully, just so I could have a proper understanding of it. But you know, it's, it didn't ruin the event for me. They were just my two games that were the hardest to play because they were the ones where I didn't really know mm. what to do about the Malpo stuff. So yeah, it was my own fault, but at the same time I kinda just wanted to play normal Age of Sigmar at South Coast. But, you know, I like I know you guys wanna like try and do something you know, different every year to just sort of make it not the same as a standard, you know, GT or whatever, or Heat. But, um yeah, for, for me, like, it was just, you know, it didn't obviously it didn't stop me going to the event like it did. A lot of people, where they moaned about it online and stuff, and they didn't like change. Like, I wasn't fussed. Um, but I should have been a little bit fussed and prepared for it, and then it probably would have been able to pick something horrific that would have made my army just, like pretty stupid in one of the phases
1: or something yeah definitely should have given it a read before the event it's, um yeah i think the um for me i heard a lot of good things about it a lot of people saying how it enhanced their games or like breathed a bit of fresh air into their army when they've been playing an army for a long time this was actually gave them some options they couldn't have before so, um, I was fairly happy with how it went down. I don't think it really skewed the results or affected games in a negative way really um that's just my observation really i think it I think it went pretty well, but you know, I don't know, but I was pretty happy with the um the kind of the overall result of seeing how people were pleased it and you know and, having a bit of fun and I didn't get any like really quirky rules questions over it you know I didn't get anyone going well this can't be right or anything like that you know so um yeah seemed pretty cool I was quite happy with it but cool anyway so that was Malpo um so I mean unfortunately I didn't didn't play so I don't really I've still not played any Malpo and even like Les has still got my book and my cards I'm like oh I haven't played um so, um I think we talk about lists probably. So um from some of the stuff that was doing well, so basically um Jack won with Vanguard Wing, um and then second place was Darren Watson with um his plague touched Archeon Maggot King build, which is yeah. pretty gross. And then um Chris Myhill come in at third with um, his Mixed Order, I believe. Up around the top tables, um, some interesting interesting games going on. So um, some of the listed did well. So um, Pete Scully was in a chance at getting a podium with um, Nagash. So he basically last round lost to Jack, uh, but he'd basically won uh, majors and minors um, all the way through with Nagash. Um And that was, I think he had a unit with Graveguard, um, in his army. Uh, so that was quite an interesting build. Um, I think when he played, um, the Vanguard Wing in Total Conquest, Jack was able to like ping pong the the liberators in and out of combat to to double score both both objectives. So you go score two points, move over to the next one, score two points, move over to the next one, score two points, and then you got too far ahead. And then Pete couldn't do enough damage with Nagash to um to actually pull the game back. Um and then so that that was the last round of that game. Um some other interesting things was uh, Liam Cook was doing really well with Daughters of Cain. Yeah, so he he was up there and he lost to Pete Scully and I think if he just played a little bit better he could have won that game. It was just it was almost like he he made a a slight mistake and and lost the game on that.
3: Yeah, I think he was telling me that he got a little bit greedy and felt that he was he wasn't his plan was to not kill Nagash and just kill Pete's army um, and then he saw an opportunity for him to kill Nagash and went, do you know what I'm going to try and kill him? And then that's where it all came undone because he didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he he changed his tactic, didn't he? And lost sight of what he was trying to do, and then that was enough to, um, kind of come up come up against him a little bit.
3: I mean, to be fair though, I think uh, when you think that he was, you know, in contention for a podium for, throughout the sort of like the event, and he's played what seven games of that army, and that like six of those were at the event.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he did super well with his daughter's arcane. Um it was good to see. And then um uh Ben Curry was also doing well with Daughters of Cain, and he ended up having to face Jack in round five. Um and Jack was able to he got really unlucky, Ben actually. He did a, a really good move where he used the um the sort of shadow move from his form his his house and then had a doom bolt on his um on the like the Castellant um and just failed to cast it on a six. Uh, otherwise we would have done six mortal wounds and took him off. Um, which is a bit of a shame, really. Um, yeah, Dan Ford was using Plague Touch uh, Archeon, which was the same build that Darren was using. I think they collaborated on lists. Um, uh, so that that list is pretty
3: horrendous. I think so. Yeah, it's not, not well. I don't. It's it's very anti-play, isn't it? I suppose that's probably mm. the, the, the easiest way to describe
1: them. Yeah, it's a negative play. I mean, I think I think plague touches from the ever chosen battle tome. Is that right? Yeah, so. and then it gives you. you apparently, you get away to be minus three to hit or something.
3: I don't really. So basically, if you make marauders minus three to hit, and then you make the, uh, which means there's sixes to hit, and then you make them re-roll successful sixes. Yeah, because you use the dial to re-roll successful. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and I guess there's the command ability from the Lord of Blights, which is minus one to hit.
3: Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think that's. One, and then there's another way of doing it.
1: I'm not sure what Mm hmm. Yeah, Chris Myhill was using mixed order, and he had the, he had the, um, uh, Eidolon and Dragon and Bolt Throws and so on and so forth.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember seeing
1: his army now. Yeah, no, I do remember that. And he played Sedge, um, towards the end of the game with Seraphon, and he managed to vanquish Sedge, um, uh, Dan Ford and Brian Carmichael. Brian Carmichael was using mixed order, and I think Brian was able to uh, to emerge victorious against Dan. Um, you had uh, even like Joe Bussell was doing well with Fire Slayers. He was up around the top, um, so there was a good mix, a good mix of armies. Really, I mean, um, it was it was good to see. I think I think like Vanguard Wing. A little bit of a shame. I really wanted Nagash to take out the event. I think that would have been really cool, really good for the game. <laughs> Um and then also there was uh, Stormcast doing quite well, so Kieran was
3: doing quite well with
1: the Les T M build, wasn't he? So um uh,
3: it's a little bit different and it he's got um some less judicators, more liberators and swaps the formulators to concursors um <laughs> and, and takes that. But yeah, he, um, he he beat me pipped me on the way, didn't he? On the way up, so Yeah um, that's a very cool build. I really like that. And yeah, then this, um it is it is good. It was a good build.
1: And then Matt Leons ended up playing Darren Watson in the last round with his, his inch and um, against the Glockin Archeon Plague Touch combo um, and uh, lost out on that. And that's what Darren got Darren onto the podium. So it was quite big swings in the last round. There was quite a lot of big big games going on. Um, I think the scenario didn't help Pete in the end of the end of the event. Um, playing Jack, which is a bit of a shame, really, but you know, is what it is. I mean, even like Ricky was facing off against that Sonesh army on the top tables, that was kicking around the top tables as well. I think the minus one to hit is really strong in the meta because um, it, it breaks like Nurgle, it breaks so much stuff is on a six to murder hit. Murder Host. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't it just, even well, Murder Host was nowhere, was it? I didn't really see any. I think there was, Matthew I, I, did play, was using. I did
2: play a murder host, but it wasn't a proper one. It was like Murder a Host Light.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, one of the most interesting lists, I've got to talk about this, but he was he had a really quirky death army. So he ran all the Mortarks. So he had Manfred, Arkan, and Nefrata in one list. And he was kicking around the top tables the whole event. He was doing really well. Um it was a Legion of Sacrament, I believe, so he had Arkhan as the general. Um you know, That's some crazy. skeletons, some direwolves, just a really weird army, but he just it just really did well.
0: Flexibility and target saturation, like which one do you pick?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And or maybe even just curse of years off a Star Lake every game for four games <laughs> in a row. Yeah, maybe. I don't think so. Um
1: and then like um, Pano was doing well with his blood bound as always. He seems to always do quite well with that. Um and there was a a couple zinch armies which were pretty um, horrendous. It was like all the um, all, all the horrors and all the brimstones. Um, it was. I think Greg Dan had borrowed the army, and then um, there was a chap there who I think you played Terry by the sounds of it, who had all the horrors and everything. He seemed like a super nice chap, but
2: yeah, no, he was he was a nice guy. It was just
1: it was just hard work
2: going through the. The heat was it the multitudinous
1: Yes, multitudinous host is what you had, yeah. So um which is the one where the, the units regenerate and um it generally yeah. upset people. Um but it was good. It was good. Um and then you obviously had the um the, the one eyed NF army there <laughs> which was cool to see, to be honest. Um Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think from the list that did well. Um Plague Touch seems pretty strong. Um I'm not I'm not entirely sure what that combo was. I can't I can't quite remember what it was. Um to do it, but um stuff doesn't seem to do a lot
2: of damage, but you just can't take any damage back, so you just grind your opponent out for the long game.
1: Well he's got Archeon and the Glockkin, so <laughs> there is some damage
3: definitely going in there, so, isn't there? Basically you just you put plagues on the Glockkin. The reason being is that it's look at all the wounds that you have got to get free before you lose blades of purification, and then you just got loads of marauders that you put the that you put blades on, um, and then when you need to, you increase the dial range to make sure that Archeon does uh, the take them off on fives. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because he gets plus one to wound from the dial, doesn't he? So yeah. you can just delete heroes on five on five yeah. pluses. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be yeah. interesting. I've got I've got a lot of the stuff to do that. I just need to paint Archeon. and
1: It's like a six month project, isn't it?
2: Oh, I've got a Glock here and He just looks a little bit different.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's painted guys and blue tack them to his head. No, Don't I'll just re- stand him on his base. Don't want to repeat a Frank Wall.
2: No, a Bone no. Ripper
1: with no Frank Wall on the back.
2: Hey, he was there. He just wasn't painted very well.
1: wasn't Wasn't painted.
2: Just... no he was, was he
1: had three colours and wash We are you all about yeah yeah yeah. I saw yeah um yeah well that was that was basically the event so Vanguard win took the event out um with Stormcast um and then um Mixed Order and um Maggot King in the top three so yeah pretty interesting um yeah, top I think... 10
0: with plenty of uh, well top twenty with plenty of Nagash's kicking about and stuff like that, which is
1: very cool. Yeah, it was a it was a nice healthy mix really. Um I was surprised there wasn't more Maggot King armies that weren't that were weren't doing that well, to be honest, apart from the Archeon ones, but um I don't know if it was the scenarios didn't help and then Daughters of Cain did very well, but I think some of the scenarios were quite favourable to Morathi and they all had Morathi. Um so I think that helped a lot. Um, but yeah, I was super happy with the event. I think it went really well. Um, and quite pleased with the kind of the atmosphere and some of the games that we saw going on. I think if you want to see more, you can just go on the, um, on the healing hammer YouTube and watch uh, the floor walks and some interviews. Um, there's quite a good one with Les about his army as well, which is quite interesting. Wanna... Oh yeah, the
3: one I chatted away and stuff,
1: yeah. Yeah, and he's got some slow motion of Les rolling dice, and it's quite cool. Uh, unfortunately, they're Age of Sigbra dice, though, because um, you're a class traitor. Um, so it's kind of zoomed in on the wrong symbols, but it's fine. Mate, I've
3: got me some of the, some new sick Sigbra dice coming, thanks to Gary and Andy, legends. <laughs> you're upset now, yeah.
1: I am. It, like... I am upset, so it's just like, what, what are you doing to me? Especially when you use them against me, it's even worse.
3: Mate... Can I just say, like, if we play anyone, can you just not use face hammer dice for priority rolls? Because there's nothing that fucking grips my shit more than losing priority to a face hammer dice.
1: Everyone needs to get a face hammer dice now. I might, <laughs> I might have to follow you around an event and just hand your opponent a dice every game. You
2: can buy them at uh, Element Games.
1: <laughs> you can. I think yeah. we've still got some in stock, haven't we? Yeah, we got a few left in stock. Yeah, we're going to get a restock, I think. So um we need to have a look at the... um at getting all our uh, all our stuff in line, um, and uh, for the event, so there's going to be some swag coming, which would be cool. Um, one thing we should say as well um, with South Coast is that it was really cool that Alex came over, who runs the yeah,
2: yeah, that was that was sweet. Him being over,
1: it was good to see him again. Um, you got to play, him, didn't you, Terry? Yeah. So how did how was your game?
2: That was. Probably my best game. Yeah. It it was quite funny. Like some unfortunate things happened for him where the Star Drake failed a mystical. And then I, I used the Kairos dice change roll to force him to fail a mystical as well. So his Star Drake literally just stood there and did nothing from, for a few turns. Oh, that's just um, me. I know. So yeah, welcome to England. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was cool to just, like, hang out and chat. Like, one of the things he was talking about that, that made me laugh was they don't have roundabouts in Chicago. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. So he
2: was, he was like, proper shit. I don't know how to do this roundabout stuff, What what is going on. Um, so we had quite a little giggle about that, about, like, driving over here and stuff. So it'd be good to go out and see him again next year, though, for Adepticon. Can't wait for that. We're
1: planning to go out, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going again. So, um that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, he did say to me actually that that you your game is his best of the weekend, so he was like he said like you did a he said you did a really good job of um, rescuing his weekends, the words he used. So I was uh, pleased for that, so well done. It's nice to see that you keeping in the spirit of things. That's all yep.
2: good. A hobby army.
1: Your hobby force. Yep. This could be your new name, the Hobby Force. Sorry, hey, Hobby Force Pike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's cool. But um yeah, so I think I think it went down really well. Um uh, uh pretty pleased with the mix of armies and the and the paint standards are really high, as we've mentioned. Um hopefully we'll see more people there next year when it's back to the regular slot of April. Um But yeah, pretty happy, pretty good. So um nice to see uh people taking away prizes, so you know, well done Terry and, and Les and your patent prizes, that's so good. So Yeah, happy I'm happy of
2: my glass butt plug.
1: I bet you are. Yeah. So hopefully you've not been sat on it all show, which is uh, why well, you've been quiet. Just, no, <laughs> just been sat there
2: <laughs> polishing it.
1: <laughs> oh dude. Um right, cool. So I think we're gonna wrap up there, because I think that's pretty much all the South Coast show uh, to talk about. So, um, like I say, go check out the albums on um, Facebook, uh, go on the hinhammer Hammer um, Facebook page and also the YouTube channel, um, and check out the Mitzi and Jimbo show. Um, and, you know, check out Warhammer Community for all the Age of Sigmar 2 ramp up and releases, and we should be releasing some content on that uh, as soon as we can. Um, so hopefully we'll keep you guys um, up to date with all the new combos, rules um, you know, little tricks and things that are coming out as they come out so uh, yeah, I look forward to doing that
2: Um, Is it worth just mentioning quickly the Stormcast?
1: The official um, Age of Sigmar podcast from uh, Games Workshop, isn't it?
2: Yeah which is, um, I gave the first one a listen Yeah, um, I've watched it yeah, it's weird watching a podcast.
1: Yeah, because it's on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I think you they're doing three a week. Is that right? Yeah. So I think the first one I saw had Pete Foley and Jois Johnson on it.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, so that's quite cool. It's good to see that, and um, hopefully they're not going to um, steal off under too much. But I think they said they're going to do quite a different format on they, so. Um sort of a bit akin to the old um daily bad dice daily format that, that Ben used to run. So yeah, yeah. small fifteen minute commutable distance shows. So I think it'd be quite cool.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's very different to what we've uh,
1: we've got to offer. Yeah, so hopefully uh, if you haven't checked that out then yeah, go and go and check that out on the um on the community site. We'll put a link in the um show show notes. Um is there anything you want to add, Byron? Are you uh, still general, like, <laughs> or just just anything? I don't know.
0: Like, about, about
2: tacos, or anything? plug
0: plug anything? I mean, do you I look, get, like I genuinely considered saying burritos when you first. Do you want to plug burritos? Sorry, it? yeah. I just I just oh, really like burritos. A
1: lot. We we know, we know. Your <laughs> um, your. Artis oh, so Opus Brushes, do you want to plug those? Are
0: they, that... Yeah, yeah we've still got uh, Light Pledges open, if people go over to artists-opus.com um, people can get in on the Kickstarter and they'll still be able to get them in the first wave of brushes before they release which is probably going to be like, retail release will be hopefully a little bit before Christmas uh, people backing the Kickstarter will get them prior to that, but we're uh, yeah we're pretty pleased with how that's gone and excited where it's going and I'm really excited to be I I understand brushes cuz I like them so it's nice being involved in something that uh, I feel like I know like at least 95% of what I should know <laughs> cuz it's a box of brushes and I really care about painting so
1: yeah yeah that's cool well hopefully um I've used a couple of them they're pretty good pretty like I like them a lot they're nice yeah so um I'd say yeah if you haven't um picked up a set do that cuz they they're really cool um yeah So I think that about wraps it up. So um, we'll be back again shortly with another show. Hopefully, I think we should try and release quite a lot in June. So should be coming at you thick and fast uh, when AOS two hits.
3: Yeah, that'd be good. Get all those. Yeah, be good. So like, we're all we're super excited and super pumped. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, everyone else is too. I don't have a
0: clue what's coming. I'm really excited. <laughs> I won't understand what's going on, and I won't have any practice games. So, whoever's my first game at the first tournament I'm at when it comes out, you're, you're giving a demo game to an idiot who's a slow learner. So, you know, be <laughs> nice be really and be gentle, especially
1: when you you get into like, oh, I can't say
0: that. Right. Anyway, uh, thanks
1: <laughs> for listening, I will talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah. Bless. guys Bye. Guys. Bye. To so make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at FaceHammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.